and there's always something to learn, something to teach, something to share. Because when you when you empower other people, you 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 build a better beer industry. I meant to ask you, how the heck do you say your last name? Uh, Chris L is what I normally go with. Um, wrestling in Pennsylvania, like I heard every butchering from like Chris L. N- and I was like, they skipped seven letters. Uh, so uh, Leguzamon is what's now kind of trademark. Uh, Legi Samon is how it's supposed to be done. But Leguzamon, Leguzamon. All right. We're going to do it right, you know. Legi Samon, Leguzamon. Leguzamon. <laughs> it's All like right. John Leguizamo, but without a... I know. It's almost like the letters are kind of backwards. You're, yeah. Yep. All right. I'm going to go Leguzamon. How about that? We're just going to do that. Let's make it happen. All right, brother. Well, we're, we're rocking. So welcome into the Beer Mighty Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. It's what's in your ears as you drink beers. Today, we're welcoming in an advanced Cicerone, a certified beer judge, the manager of the education program at Pure Brewing, all the way from Carlsbad, California. Please welcome in Chris Leguzamon. What's up, man? What's up, Kyle? It's a long time coming. Thank you so much for having me. It had good thing you mentioned that because we've been trying to you know plot this out for a few months here, and uh, glad, you know I follow you, you follow me. We always you know like and thumbs up and that sort of thing. But finally, it's nice to actually talk to you, get to meet you, and um, so thanks for taking the time, man. Absolutely, thank you so much for creating this platform for other businesses as well. Uh, I've been tuning in. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. We'll get that in a second, but uh, yeah. it's cool to just keep like an ear on of especially those those breweries around the Philadelphia area. So when I come back, I I'm able to visit them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then so, and you just mentioned as we're, we're talking here, you know, if you were from Pennsylvania, Eastern PA, New Jersey, wrestling is a big part of growing up, right? That was, we spend most of oh, our yeah. times as kids in freaking singlets, right? And now, now, <laughs> now I'm back to cycling. It's almost like wearing a singlet, but so yeah, you grew up in, in PA and you wrestled and you went to Shippensburg. Like what the hell and how the hell are you out in Cali now? What, Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I took the, the the traditional route of of a Pennsylvanian, you know, like wrestling. I did soccer in high school. Yeah. Um, went to a state school, so just Shippensburg. I believe mm-hmm. you went to Westchester, right? I did, and my best man. So my best man got accepted to Shippensburg, but not Westchester. So I'm in Westchester, and then he gets accepted to Shippensburg. I'm like, all right, I'm going to apply to Shippensburg, and I get into Shippensburg, and I was like. I'm not going to Shippensburg. Um, I visited no. <laughs> Shippensburg. It smelled like cows. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Westchester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds a little bit better. Right. Especially summertime Shippensburg. It like the breeze comes up the hill and you're Ooh. like, Oh, this is, this is the alarm clock right here. Yeah, we get that um, a little bit down by me though. Cause we are uh, near Kennett square, which is the you know mm-hmm. mushroom capital of the world. So we do get some of those smells, but uh, you know, I don't live there. So no. I don't know, for me, at this point, it's almost like a it's a it's a nostalgic feeling. Uh, I was born and raised in Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and there's a uh, starts with a G, uh, but it's a mushroom farm right there near, near the Walmart. And summertime, you kind of smell it. But I don't yeah. know. It's one of those. It's a pens- It's it's it feels natural to me. But uh, yeah. yeah, went to Shippensburg University. Uh, graduated with a physics degree, and I remember being 21, and we go to Appalachian Brewing Company, ABCs, yeah. uh, in Harrisburg, and they, they have a beer festival. And my, me and my friends are like, 21-year-olds, like, there's a whole festival for this stuff. Yeah, and we sure. go in, and very quickly, it's that, like, did you try that one? That same style, but they're, 
they're actually different from each other. And towards the end of the festival, I just found myself shoulder to shoulder with the brewers and the co-founders and uh, brewery reps. And I'm like, did you try theirs? And they're like, well, what? And I was like, yeah, like it's the same thing, but like the texture is different. And they're mm. as a 21 year old, they're like, what? Okay. You're kind of really into this. And um, <laughs> like, you're picking up on stuff. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, yeah. And I'm just like, just clogs are moving. I'm just like, this is really, really unique. And then we left the spot and you know, you go bar hopping in Harrisburg and all that. And then, uh, it was always in the back of my mind, like, dang, like let's explore the world. Let's explore the textures. There has to be even a better beer. And what if you do, why is it different? And then when, when you hit that why button, that's where you're like rabbit hole in, I got to find out. And, uh, I graduated from Shippensburg, um, just like my Pennsylvania career. Um, I worked at East Penn, uh, East Penn Battery, uh, Deca Battery in yeah. uh, outside of Reading. Yeah. My dad still works there. My mom still works there. So naturally, I'm next in line. And uh, I was part of the quality control um, and just testing out the batteries. And internship was up, and I said, "Hey, like you, li- you lick the batteries, right? That's how you do yeah, it." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hole in my tongue now. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's the old way of doing it. Quick lick of the thumb and oh, yep, so good. That was a spark. Um, but I had the opportunity and I uh, finished up the internship and I said, hey, dad, I'm either going to buy a house, uh, buy a car, stay here in Reading, do the things that we're not normally supposed to do. And or I could package up like a suitcase and fly out to San Diego. I used to visit. Uh, I had an aunt and uncle that lived out here every summer at the end of my uh, uh, college career. And he said, hey, Chris. I was the exact same age when I went from Columbia to the United States. You're 23. Go out there. What else, what else do you have to lose? You could yeah. come back afterwards. Exactly. And I was just like, all right. And the rest is history. And that's how I kind of made it out here in San Diego and never looked that, back. Kind of that's crazy. Ter- that's terrific. I was going to say, I mean, even now, you know, just taking that leap and, and moving out. Because you will find right out, I'm sure, a lot of the folks in Reading that you grew up with are still in Reading. A lot of the people in my hometown in Bethlehem are still in Bethlehem. And it's just, I feel like everyone's afraid to just kind of drive down the street and leave the city. Like something like there's like a, they're going to get electrocuted or something, man. You got to, you know, you got to get out and see the world. Get out there, you know, and I, and, and I know we're talking about beer and, and we'll talk about education, but you go out there and you start seeing different worlds, different cultures. The United States in itself is, it's, is so vast. Like it's vast, like yeah. hit different corners, different pockets, even the way people drink beer, the way they talk about beer, what beers styles they enjoy. Um, I recently went to the Pacific Northwest and they drink mixed fermentation saisons like it's no one's business. And okay. then you go to San Diego and everyone's like, this is too sour. And you're like, okay, okay. It, it, well, it's so, so cool. I spoke at a conference, um, man, 16, 17 in, mm-hmm. New, in New Orleans. And I could not find a hoppy beer there everywhere I went everything was malty and it was just like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted, I wanted something else by the time I left. I was like, I don't want this shit anymore. And not that it's shit, but it was just like, I want something else. It all kind of ran together, but you just exactly. have that. Now it's different down there too, you know, but it is interesting what, how different taste buds go. Now was Yingling, you know, a part of growing up for you? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that was like the premiere. Like if, yeah. if you could drink black and tan and of yeah. course, traditional lager, if you could drink black and tan, black and tan was like, all right, someone got married or it's like a college graduation <laughs> or someone just had a baby. Like you, you were drinking black and tan. That was, that was like my, 
my ceremonial like this is something special like but Lord yeah, Chesterfield. Lager, lager and wings lord chesterfield yeah. green bottom all the yeah, time. Man. that's that's all the way all the way i'm 100 pennsylvania born and bred love it dude that's awesome i didn't know that until we started you know last night and we started kind of mm-hmm. game planning a little bit that sounds really cool so still, I mean, you're getting around. Were you just, did you go to Hawaii? I know you were out working with some folks from Maui Brewing. Did you? Yeah. Um, recently, so my dad and my whole family still lives in Pennsylvania. My dad's like, hey, Chris, it's my birthday. And all I really wanted just the whole, all the siblings to come together. And it's been years. My sister was in the, in the army. She was stationed on Germany. My other sister okay. had a baby. It's just, we're all moving around. And yeah. uh, we fed up in Hawaii and I met up with Sarah Perez. Um, if you don't know Sarah yet, highly recommend checking her out. Um, she uh, she was on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blank on the magazine, but you can blank that part out. Um, but Sarah Perez, she's a brewer down at Maui Brewing, and she's doing some really big things in terms of activism, in terms of just representation in the beer industry. Uh, she's a black woman. She's from San Diego, moves up to Alaska, kind of bounces around, goes down to Maui, and she's oh, really wow. finding her passion. And yeah, any chance to meet up with another beer professional and just kind of like shake hands. We both, it's kind of the same thing. We both see each other on Instagram and then you finally meet each other and talk and you're just like, dude, happy we finally did this, you know, did this in real life. It's like you've known each other kind of forever, you know, and you didn't. Even just like I had a friend here who's opening a brewery, right, Jeff? And he comes out, he's like, I'm going to San Diego and I'm going to meet up with Chris. I was like, that's awesome. Just because you met him on Instagram. It's like, now you're hanging out. Oh yeah, Jeff was such a cool dude, and we met up for like an hour or two, and he was telling me about his game plan with uh, his upcoming brewery in uh, is it Shoemakersville? No, it's in Coatesville. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be in Downingtown, I believe, like right down from my house. So um, I can I could jog there. So I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> I'm gonna do a light walk to, yeah. to Jeff's brewery. Yeah, that's exciting. Maybe I get that's those really shoes that have like the little like the balls on the bottom, and I'll just kind of scoot down there. The Heelys, watch out with those, yeah, yeah, uh, the those, Heelys. those Pennsylvania sidewalks. They sometimes uh, have a couple cracks in them. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they're, no, they're pretty bad. Yep. <laughs> Just like our roads. Um, so at what point, like I know you're talking about, you know, how excited you are at this beer fest. You're drinking uh, my man Artie Tafoya's beer over there at Appalachian. Mm-hmm, you are, mm-hmm. and Artie and I are friends just because like, we're the two short guys at the beer, at the beer conference, you know, like it's him and I, so we just immediately <laughs> bonded. Um, but so you're, you're getting excited about this beer and you're realizing, wow, there's, there's all sorts of different ways to do it, ways to, you know, just the colors of it, the flavors of it. So at what point do you decide that kind of the world needs some beer education and, and that you were the guy to kind of help guide us? I think that's just the interesting part. You know, it, it kind of, it just grew naturally. And I was working at Chatty Monks in West Reading and it was the first nice. brewery in that like vicinity. And yeah. um, it was, it was all family, friends and family. And then me, I came in, knocked on the door and I was like, Hey, I, I'm really excited for you guys. And they sat me down. They're like, Hey, we'll give you four samples of beers. Tell us what you think about it. And I just go in on this like flavor texture, maybe even like food pairings. And they're just like, yeah. All right, you're in. Um, really? Like, we never even thought about those things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, but then this is, this is 24, 2013, 2014, June of 2014. And I just finished up with my college degree, going into, I'm starting to work Chatty Monks on the weekend, Battery Factory during the week. And I was just kind of being myself. And I realized that, like, some people just didn't care. And it just wasn't the scene yet, you know, and it wasn't matured enough. 
And I would try the IPM, like this batch is a little bit different. And he's like, yeah, the fermentation was a little bit higher. So it's a little bit fruitier. And I'm like, okay, did anyone else notice that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, all right. So that being said, I flew out to San Diego, uh, applied to be a tour guide at, at Mission Brewery. And I felt like I knew my stuff. And then someone asked me a very simple, basic beer question that was kind of my blind spot. And I realized there's more to learn. So then, uh, and the, my other beer tender friend was just like, tour guide, she said, hey, you got to pick up tasting beer and really get into it. And that's when beer education meant something important to me because I knew something. And if you know something as a tour guide, you're going to share it and you're going to open people's mind and you're going to create an experience, uh, a moment. You're just like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know that. I left knowing something more, how valuable at a brewery. I don't know. It, it, and, that's, and I've just been doing this for now almost eight, eight, close to nine years. And okay. Just, just getting people stoked, and there's always something to learn, something to teach, something to share. Because when you when you empower other people, you 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 build a better beer industry. Yeah, right. No matter what, I mean, whatever you're doing, it's always better to give, right? And and what after always. you give, you get so much more back, even if it's you know unintentional. Uh, to your point there about the tour guide, so you know, I always pour my beer from the glass or bottle in our bottle or can into a glass. And my wife always mm-hmm. makes fun of me because I have like the proper glass for each style of beer. And she's like, you're freaking, you're an idiot. And uh, she's like, you're just causing more dishes for us to do. I'm like, yeah, but you know, you got to drink proper, right? Not wrong. <laughs> so we, we go to dogfish down in Milton and uh, we're taking the tour and the, the tour guide, you know, she's like, Hey, anytime you have a beer, you want to pour it into a glass. And I look at my wife and she gives me an elbow. And I was like, I told you, she's like, you want to agitate the beer. It's been sitting on the shelf. You know, without yeah. without the pouring into a glass, a lot of times you're not getting the the head of the beer, which is where a lot of the aroma is going to come from. So you're missing out on on half the experience almost. So, um, but yeah, I mean, anytime that you can impart some extra knowledge on people and and like that'll be a tidbit that that person remembers, just like I just did right mm-hmm. there. It's like, I remember that moment. I remember where we were, mm-hmm. and that, that was an experience. So it was more of like I, a tongue in cheek thing for the wife. Like, did you hear that? Did you hear yeah. that? Was like, hey, hey. Remember that one time I was right. (laughs) We're going to go to the gift shop and we're going to buy more glass. Guess what? Uh, A funny thing is me and my fiance, uh, my fiance, we met in the beer industry and she collects glassware. So like we just moved in last year and uh, this entire house is packed with proper glassware. It's fun. You know, it's It's fun. It tells a story without even saying anything. Like I'm drinking out of a Lambic jelly glass that we got for our uh, spawn project at, at, at Pure Project. And it's a shaker pint, but with like ridges, but it's yeah. traditional to Belgium and it creates and evokes history without even anything in the glass. You're just like, oh, that's a, that's a lambic glass for the people who know. And it just right. adds a different layer and texture and dynamic to your experience. Well, yeah, you can have, and so I have a little bar in my basement and I have people come over and I'm like, you know, pouring beers in different glasses. They're like, why are you doing it? Like you're making so many dishes. I'm like, well, because it matters to me. Like I want you to drink oh, yeah. it properly. Right. You got to get the nose in there, whatever. I'm seeing some of those glasses like that. They have little things in the bottom where now it makes almost like the bubble spin right in a certain way. And yeah, it's neat. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. I remember, uh, Sam Adams, uh, they created the the perfect glass and it has mm-hmm. a beautiful bowl bridge, yep. uh, where you're like lip falls. It's etched at the bottom point of nucleation. It's it's a great glass to drink out of. I, I, we could go. We could talk about glass forever. Actually, <laughs> I met Jim from Sam Adams a number of times, and he brings his own glass everywhere he goes, which is hilarious. That's that's what we need to do. 
that that's Bingo. boss. That's, like, that's a boss right there. He also uh, uh, takes a shot of uh, brewer's yeast uh, before a festival. He says that it like helps his stomach beforehand. That's a almost that's like a, a bitters kind of deal, right? Like uh, uh, kind of like um, uh, um, green bottle. It is yeah, the Herzberg or whatever it's called. Uh, or uh, Underberg. Underberg. Yeah, yeah. I've actually never done um, that. I see it. It it actually does. Alleviate. It just yeah, it, it helps everything out. But yeah, he says that it just it doesn't create any hangovers. Take a shot of brewer's yeast. So yeah, next festival, Kyle, we're gonna bring brewer's yeast and our own glassware <laughs> and I'll bring it in a beaker, a graduated cinder, cylinder. Yeah, <laughs> we'll Carrying do that. That's game plan. Nice man. Cool. So you know you hit on it a little bit. Talk to me about this virtual book club that you're doing. Oh yeah. So, um, so as a tour guide for stone brewing, which I remember being in Pennsylvania and like just drooling over stone, like, man, when I moved to Pennsylvania, when I moved to California, like I'm going to work at stone. And that was honestly one of the major highlights of my brain career. I uh, worked at Illsmith. Then I, uh, worked at pure project and we'll talk about pure project in a second, oh, yeah. smaller brewery. So I went from like the biggest in San Diego to the most highly claimed to like a team of 13, um, so it's been a really interesting journey. And then, um, COVID in 2020, I sat at home and I'm with my, my fiance, now fiance, and we're relaxing Congrats, by, by the, the way, pool. cause your website still says that's your girlfriend. What? Ooh, Come on, you. man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay up to date. Thank you for calling me out. Uh, she'll gotcha. listen to this podcast afterwards <laughs> and like quickly go on Chris, the <laughs> uh, like, I don't know what he's but, talking about. Look at the website. It's right. <laughs> right the website it's on the internet um so so we're at our parents house and we're hanging out by the pool and we're just having a good time and everything's cool relaxed and then just like two weeks in i'm just like candace i need to i need to do something and she's like we're just supposed to be relaxed i'm like i need to teach about beer and she's just like you're everyone's at home and i'm like everyone's at home and what if we all read the book and she looks at me, she was like, yeah, whatever, whatever scratches that itch, you know? And um, I literally just said, hey, every beer professional has Tasting Beer by Randy Mosher. There's two volumes of it. The latest one is two, um, the second edition. And I just say, hey, what if I team up with other beer professionals who are sitting at home and we kind of get this ball moving? We kind of show different beer professionals. It's not just me talking about the same subject and we just constantly grow. And Let's say by the end of this pandemic, everyone comes out of the pandemic like, oh, hey, I read Tasting Beer. I actually know my stuff and I feel a little bit more confident behind the bar or as a beer consumer. So, yeah, I started off with Tasting Beer. And then uh, uh, the next one was The Beer Bible by Jeff Allworth, which is my favorite book. And he reached out to me and he said, hey, I'm going to come out with a second edition. Maybe we can meet up in September. Super cool. Met him, hung out with him. But, uh, yeah, that one was a nine-month project and it's a 600-page book. That one took. Oh, that was man. a whole. That was all last year. Last year, so I'm kind of taking a taking a quick break. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I did episode 123 with him. We talked about the writing of it and and all of his, uh, you know, just the fact of how he had to expand it just from a few years earlier on how the beer game has completely changed or the IPA is a completely different animal than it used to be. So that was a really good, fun conversation. He's just such a great guy. Holy crap! He's such a like a down to earth human being yeah. and like just just he just observes he feels he he has a, a sense of the pulse of the industry like no one else does and yeah i can't even imagine writing a book of 
the small window that we're at now and then how the window constantly evolves, changes, 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 and then reverts back. And then you're like, yeah, I removed that section about loggers. Now the whole emphasis right now in the industry is the loggers. And you're like, uh, okay, cool. Let's <laughs> beer Bible three. That back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we're all hoping for. You know? <laughs> yeah. Jeff was one of those guys where I reached out. I was like, Hey, I do this podcast. We'd love to have you on. And he was like, yes. And I was like, for real. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. So down to earth, uh, great human being. Um, we ended up talking about like life in general and he's so down to earth and his, his, his journey as well. And it's cool. It's cool. But it's, it's for me, it's when it comes to education and when it comes to just learning, you hear the books, you read these, you check out a couple podcasts, watch a couple YouTube videos and you're just gonna be like, okay, wow, I'm a little bit more equipped and I feel more confident. And for me, that's, these books have so much wealth to them. They're right there on the shelf, open it up, dedicate half an hour a day. You'll, you'll get better. You'll be better. You'll, you'll feel more confident. Well, it's funny too. It's like, you know, you read other books. So, you know, I read a lot of like personal development books, a lot of nonfiction. Oh, yeah. And then I had John Hall on the, on here. And then I, um, drink beer, think beer. And I read it. And I'm like this, if you don't like to read, go read a beer book. And you're gonna be like, I love reading. This is fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is way cooler than I thought. Uh, it was really neat though. You know, just, just to have other folks who are so into beer and it's just fun to have those conversations. It's fun to talk about it, think about it. And then next time you go and, you know, pick out a beer, next time you pour your beer into a glass and you notice maybe there's like bubbles on the side, you're like, crap, I have a 30 glassware. Like this is cool. <laughs> you know? So who have it, you had on that, you know, has been exciting and, and talk to us a little bit about how the, the book club has gone. During the, the first edition of my virtual beer book club, and this is when IG Live didn't convert into IGTV. So the first couple episodes are kind of uh, uh, lost in space. I also had a phone that would constantly die and I would just lose all the images, uh, oh, all man. the video content. Yeah, this is way back. This is, <laughs> I, I, since then I've improved. Um, but I had uh, Jeff Bagby. We talked about Belgian beers. Jeff Bagby, Jeff Bagby is one of the most award-winning brewers in American history. Uh, his brewery is literally an eight minute drive from my, my house. Uh, it's one of my favorite places for me and my fiance to hit up. Peter Zion, grandmaster, level two BJCP judge, uh, has won 500 homebrewing awards. The dude's Damn. a phenom. And we're talking about his favorite styles of English beers. Uh, for the beer Bible, I had, I mean, Lindsay Barr of uh, Draft Lab, who's if you haven't checked out her podcast, haven't heard, haven't been on tune with her, sign up for her newsletter. Um, Peter Allen's Lisa Allen, uh, she was rad. I, I mean, the list goes on. People talking about Saison, Salador. And for me, there's like still things that we could have like expanded, more people we could have highlighted. And hearing their perspectives as either the brewers, the producers, um, the curators of experiences, how they've interpreted these styles next level next level yeah. and um everything's found on um on the social media platform chris dot the beer educator on instagram you go on the website i hyperlinked them but it's it was such a cool blessing to hear their perspective and 100%. our feedback and what the what jeff says and it's almost like this round table conversation and it was really special um the next level thing was teaming up with bottle craft and people could purchase a beer kit at the beginning of the month, and the beer kit would curate to what we were reading about. 
and it would just go directly to your doorstep. You pay like five dollars in shipping plus like fifteen dollars in the beer kit for six. It's right there, and uh, it was really special. Um, <laughs> the next next level was Lindsay Barr actually allowed me to create a sample ox, and I would t- I would taste the beers, give my notes. People could taste the beer, give their notes, and we kind of see how our notes match up. Um, <laughs> with the Virtual Beer Book Club, Workman Publishing also allowed for a free PDF of the first edition if you pre-ordered the second edition. So there was like this super cool. detailed plan and just try to tackle it so pe- it's more accessible for people. And that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Education is for everybody. Very cool. Awesome, man. Cool. All right. And you're are you still doing that? Are you still like... Can we get updated on that? And are you still doing the beer Bible or what do we got going on currently? Yeah. So we've, we were able to wrap up the beer Bible, um, which is really exciting. So I'm right now in the middle of a pause. Uh, there's a bit of me that's itching to do a BJCP course. Um, okay. There are plenty. Uh, so the beer judge certification program is um, a program that helps people judge homebrew, primarily give feedback, become better homebrewers. Eventually those homebrewers, eventually become uh, professional brewers most of the time. Um, and then uh, you could also judge big things like the Great American Beer Festival. And San Diego is known for having some of the biggest concentration of higher higher level beer judges. So I kind of want to team up with them and say, hey, let's get together, connect on social media, maybe do this in person, and we can maybe do a nine-week course of crash course of how to judge beer as a beer BJCP judge and hopefully get new people on the judging tables. You know, it's when I came into the the beer judging world um, after stone, when I entered Alesmith, there were, there were, there were people that have been doing it for 15, 20 years. And I was one of the newest and they're like, who's, who's this new kid? And I'm just (laughs) like, hi, my name's yeah. Who's the young kid. And, and then you just have this beautiful mentorship of, you always are judging with someone across you who's been in the game for a while and you try the same beer, you talk about the same beer, which what Kyle, you and I like to do. And then they're like, I would tone it down a little bit with the points just because did you notice that part right there, that finish? Mm. And you're like, I did notice that finish, but I didn't know how to explain it. And they're like, yeah, that's that blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay. And that's how you become bigger and better. It's, it's really exciting. But uh, yeah, we might be doing a, a virtual beer book club, but uh, focusing on beer style sooner than later. Love it. Love it. And so you are at pure brewing. How do you, how do you end up there and tell us about pure brewing? And you mentioned it was kind of one of the smaller ones, but I've had pure's beer and I see pure all over the internet. So, yeah. Uh, I, I signed up with pure in 2019, um, at Alesmith. Uh, I was planning to leave the beer industry, uh, looking into coffee, looking into maybe distilling and all this. And, uh, my old supervisor so when you when you find that right supervisor boss you're just like we click like and yeah. she gave me the opportunity she's like hey apply again i'm the director of operations now and i'd love to have you on the team shoot your shoot your resume what's the worst that could happen and wow. and Kira Burchard said hey toss your resume and let's see what happens and planets aligned i'm able to jump with pure project i was uh, the 13th employee including the co the three co-founders and yeah, small little spot. If you ever go to Miramar, it's the size of a walk-in closet. It's smaller than my living room. My living room isn't that big. Um, and yeah, we were just making <laughs> magic. We were just, we were just huh. really making some really fantastic beer. And now we have five tasting rooms. We're hitting okay. close to 
4,000 barrels a year and uh, okay. slowly growing and just trying to make a wave. Um, everything, anytime we're using fruit or spices, it's always organic. There's so much thought behind every beer. So yeah, I was just like, y'all are making some of the best beers I've had in San Diego, especially barrel aged. Um, they do three years spontaneously fermented barrel aged sours. Like an IPA takes three weeks, four weeks. Right. You were investing three years for this. Wow. And they're like, yeah, we believe in it. And huh. you're like, okay, financially, that really doesn't make much sense, but you believe in it. And they're like, we believe in what we make. And that. that was the testament. I said, I'm in it. I'm in it. Let's make it happen. So you said the brewery's kind of small, but I mean, if they have five tasting rooms, they have to be either brewing a lot or have a decent sized brew house. I mean, what are you guys contracting or what, what size is the brewery? No, we were, uh, we recently moved into our new VISA, uh, production facility. Production facility. Um, okay. So we had our small little igniter program. The igniter program is a seven barrel brew house with four fermentation, four, four, 14 barrel fermentation vessels. And I mean, we were just churning and people were like, how many brewers? And we're like two, three, maybe three. At that point. Um, and we're just cranking out and bringing in like a 20 barrel fermentation vessel but canning releasing two new cans every two weeks a bottle two bottles every month and it, other brewers would come in they're like there's no way you're making everything on that system and we're just like right yeah uh and it, it's just been it's just been a, a really cool blessing and recently we've uh purchased a second facility and it's a 14 barrel uh brew house and uh, a couple more fermentation vessels but still Nothing that big. So just, double batching. Just and I mean, you probably have 30 barrel tanks. Double batching and just never sleeping, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> double batching, cleaning, packaging, sending it. And yeah, they go through so much quality checks. Test, 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 test. Okay, cool. Perfect. That's good. Great. Uh, and never compromising. Were those owners brewers elsewhere? Did they have a good kind of upbringing and mentorship? So uh, Jesse Pine and Matt Robar, they were in the call center. They said, you know what? We're tired of this. We're going to take a little sabbatical. We're going to move to Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, Manuel Antonio, they said, you know what? We really just miss craft beer. We're in San Diego. We just miss that. So let's make craft beer in Manuel Antonio. Due to, and like they would go, because you don't have the crazy New Zealand hops or the crazy yeast available here in the United States. They said, you know what? We're going to talk with the farmers. What's in season? What's tasting amazing? What can we incorporate into mm. our beers? Um, everything was going great until they realized the environmental impact they would have on the country. Um, wastewater was just going into the ocean, and they're just like, we we just we can't we can't do this, you know. So they pull the plug on that project. Um, they move over to the Igniter program in Miramar, seven barrel brew house, and they quickly realize, hey, we're not fit to be production professionals like this is a big system now yeah. and uh they hired this 24 25 year old uh phenom his name is winslow sawyer um he's gonna be winslow yeah winslow sawyer oh this his uh he's actually named in uh ken casey's um acid trip bus uh i forget what the name of the book is uh he wrote one flew over the cuckoo's nest and then he uh him and his sister is actually quoted like named in uh his upcoming his dad was heavily involved huh. in that uh okay. her, her parents were <laughs> digress uh but yeah he was he worked <laughs> at a homebrew shop up in santa cruz he would taste 
Santa Darius's uh, beers before they became Santa Darius. Um, and then uh, he was the head brewer of uh, Boulder Creek up in Santa Cruz by the age of 22. He created their barrel-aged sour program. The brewery burns down. He keeps some of the cultures alive, flies down to San Diego, is trying to find a brewery job. And his hyper-focus is on organic farming and sustainable growing and everything lined up. And they said, hey, you have that thought process. And they hired wow. – they, 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 they interviewed people with 40 years of experience. Right. But this 25-year-old is like, let's let's do it. And uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. Now, now we're just trying to make the best beer we possibly can, uh, give back to Mother Nature, be very conscious of our environmental impacts, um, also focusing on social justice, focusing on, hey, we have a platform. Let's use it. Use it for good. Let's use it to say something instead of just – Yep, it's another IPA. Hope you enjoy IPAs. Right. Um, right. Yeah, we're carbon neutral, plastic neutral, one uh, percent for the planet. Proudly since day one. Love it. Well, Chris, so carbon neutral, one percent for the planet. I know that you know something that's across your Instagram is again beer for good, right? And sourcing waste reduction certifications and donations. That's really neat. I mean, especially from a young brewer who's conscious of this and obviously aligns with the objectives of the owners. I mean, that's. I don't know. It was kind of serendipitous. It was like weird that those things came together, but I feel like the universe was like ready for that. I think it was. And that's where you go with your ethos, go with your gut um, and just align. Sometimes experience is important. At times it's the thought process. And yeah, we, we constantly challenge ourselves and just try to be a, try to be a better company. And it's not just for the beer industry, but Hey, what if another company is just like, you know what? We should look at our packaging when we ship things out. Like, is that tape? Can we find a better tape? Can we find mm. better ways instead of just putting plastic bubble wrap? Like, is there other alternatives? And there always are. And hopefully we inspire other industries as well. And I always think, you know, I love the the saying of, you know, there's nothing bigger than the little things, right? I think oh, you yeah. guys, if you pay attention to those little details, big things happen. I think that's really neat. All right. So even coming back into all these things that you guys doing, I think something else that your team is doing in your position is very unique that, you know, you run the education program at Pure. So what does that mean? What, what does that entail? I think the crazy part is, is like, there wasn't supposed to happen, but it, okay. it happens. And so I go in, uh, sign up with Pure Project January of 2019, and I was already checked out. I didn't want to smell a beer. I didn't want to talk about beer, but the idea of working with Cure again and being part of that is it's just special, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I got to go to boot camp. And uh, I signed up for the advanced testosterone exam uh, with two and a half months to spare. And if you know anything about studying for any type of exam, it takes a while. And two and a half yeah. is clearly nothing. <laughs> no, not, there's no way. You shouldn't do that. Um, so <laughs> I, I studied five hours every single day. I busted my ass. Start, yeah, I could curse. I busted my ass. Yeah, baby, let's go. I busted my ass every single day for those two and a half months, achieved the advanced cicerone. I'm one of, I think, 10 at the time in the state of California, one of 20 in the world. And I just kept awesome. talking about beer. And when you're a young brewery, a very highly high, high commodity brewery, uh, especially when you're young and small and everything sells out very quickly, you could say, that's the new beer and the new beer will sell quickly. They'll say, well, how's that new IPA? It's good. Good sells you a pint. Put DDH on it and it's sold, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, DDH, boom, easily. Put one more dollar on there and then I'll buy it. Um, but then there comes a point where like, hey, now we have three IPAs. How do we differentiate those? And you start, I started smelling and just like, hey, like, do you pick up, and this is, this is the classic, Chris, little stone fruit. Like this one's a little bit more citrusy. Do you pick up citrus on this one? They're like, no, not at all, actually. And you just start like talking it out. And when we were one of, third, I was 13, we were like maybe seven tasting room staff in a small little walk-in closet. And then we had a second tasting room. And now we have two tasting rooms. And ideally when this is, this is echoing to the, the, the beer industry in, in, in total, when you have two industries, you want the same experience. You don't want to go to a tasting room and say, hey, don't go to that second one. It doesn't feel like mm. pure project. Let's say that, right? It's off brand. It's off brand. It feels weird. It's just, it's or just another the, extension. The draft lines just, are always dirty or something like, you know, draft lines are always dirty. Beer tenders are, don't know what they're doing. They don't know what the beer is. And yeah. that's where like companies tend to crumble. So I was just bouncing between those two. And then we had a third taste room, which is Carlsbad. And I'm like, uh Oh, and Kira looked at it and said, Chris, you're, you fill a void that is not my strength. Education isn't mm. my strength. You love talking about this. Let's try to do this officially. And that's where they started giving me more of the reins and said, Hey, you taste the beer with the brewers and marketing. Now, now let's spread that to all the taste room staff. Now the taste room staff knows what it tastes like and mm. they could start talking and you build culture within your taste room. And people are like, Whoa, you know what you're talking about. So when you check out our, Yelp uh, reviews. One of the most important ones for me is knowledgeable. Staff is knowledgeable. How many times have we gone to taste rooms and you just like, Hey, can I have that beer? And they're like, I didn't even know that was on there. No one told me anything. You didn't know that. And you're like, you know, no, this is awkward for me. I don't, yeah. Should I choose another one? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's how cool it's, it's, it should be the standard, but, uh, and how do you Your do this? Are you of, are you holding meetings? Are you combining the front of house and back of house? And, and how are you guys coordinating all this? So initially, before Slack, uh, you could choose whatever messenger yeah. you want. Um, yeah. It was me kind of preaching. Um, I would send out emails. I created this Google Doc, and it was inspired by BrewDogs. Um, BrewDogs did their um, uh, DIY dog, which is like all their recipes. If you look at the layout, it says the beer, it says three word descriptors, it says the ABV ingredients, the story behind the beer, how to brew it, like okay. add these hops, yeah. add these malt. Um, and I tailored that just like that and had like the picture of the can. And uh, yeah, give them the title, give them the official style so managers know what the style looks like on the board. Everything's consistent. Uh, three word descriptors, uh, the Instagram story, because as a business, and this is again, super small, we're 20 people at this point now. Um, you shouldn't be going through your social media to find what the beer is because then you're now on social media and you're like, Oh, sorry. I was on my phone. Just, just, you went down a rabbit hole for two hours. You do. You do. And you're like, ah, that's right. I'm I'm clocked in for my shifts. Um, but that being said that, um, I would team up with the brewers the week before the release. We'll try the beer. All right. What are you picking up? What am I picking up? Okay. We found commonality there. How do you want the beer tenders to describe this to the public? How do you want it to be faced with yeah. the, the public on social media? Um, so marketing sits there and uh, yeah, it started off so organically and now it's kind of structured. So we have our set times each week, each and each other week. And um, very importantly, very, very, very importantly, it's the story behind the beer. 
So now, not only can you describe it, this is what it tastes like. Can you also tell us like where the malt comes from, Admiral mm-hmm. Malting? Where does the hops come from? Hand-selected hops from Freestyle Farms. Um, where does those, you guys use strawberries. That's kind of cool. Strawberries are in season right now in San Diego. We go through J Organics. This year, we're using 15,000 pounds of organic strawberries. Yeah. You've now created yeah. almost a wine experience, which is always revered as better in the beer world. How cool. So the the brewers give us all the information. I digest that. I make it more malleable, more digestible, and then I pass it off. And now mm-hmm. you go through any taste room, you can ask them questions. And yeah. I, I will hold I, – I will vouch for my team. Uh, they know their stuff. It doesn't have to be me creating the experience. It's the team creating the experience. Yeah. What about questions that you guys get? Um, almost like comparables, right? Some, some folks mm-hmm. – come into the brewery who may not be too familiar with craft beer. And like, I just want something that's like Coors Light or I want something like X, Y, Z. Like what, I don't know if that question kind of varies per part of the country. Like I want something like Yingling will be here, like an Amber Ale or something like that or, or Amber Lager. Like what are those questions that you guys get and how did your team kind of direct them to find the beer that they would enjoy? I think the way the board is laid out, and this is a thing that I really want to emphasize with the whole industry is there's going to be a lot of people coming in that don't know anything about beer. How is your tap list curated to make right. it easier them for them to understand? If you go to Yard House, Yard House has multi beers, hoppy beers, Belgian beer. Like you could, okay, even then, like what's a Belgian beer? You know, like right. You you should be you should be able to step back. That doesn't um, describe it. That doesn't give me a flavor if I'm a novice drinker. Yeah, I just came in here. Oh, hey, that name seems familiar. I'm going to have that. So you. So how do we make it easy for people? So the way Pure Project has always done it, it goes by intensity. So your mm. first beer is your least intense. Your last beer is the most intense. It's a barrel-aged stout, right? Um, and ideally, that's how it should be. Um, that's my opinion on it. So someone comes in, they're like, oh, hey, i really just looking for a light beer. Your lightest beer is actually here on the top left. Uh, you have some like Blondales, German-style Pilsners. Uh, here's a hard kombucha and a dryer stout, kind of like a Guinness, but with coastering coffee and vanilla bean. Oh, I'm, I'm a hop head. Your hop starts here. It's pale ales, IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs. Mm. I'm a fan of sours. You have your saisons, barrel aged sours, and then your big decadent imperial stouts. From there, you're like, okay, so this is where I want to yeah. be. Um, that's the way we lay it out. That's um, cool. I really wish, and, and, and then, it, you 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 hopefully allow them to to get some curiosity because you get people from everywhere from Minnesota, Pennsylvania, um, New England, New yeah. England area, Florida, and they come in and they're like, "Do you have anything like this?" And sometimes it's there's there's like eight thousand breweries here in the United States. Hopefully something resonates, or you can just right. have a back and forth banter. Like it's not too hoppy. You're like, okay, not too hoppy. Maybe you're in your top left corner, but it's pretty hoppy. Okay, cool. Maybe you're here. So like. Hopefully there's a beer for everybody. Um, that's why we make our beers. There's a yeah. lot of variety, but uh, yeah, just hopefully your tap list should be your first and best and, and best approach is like, how are you setting up people for success? If not yeah. pale ales, big Imperial style, here's a lager, here's another pale ale. And then here's an IPA. And you're just like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to I need a moment. I, I don't know. How is this? This is going to take a while. Uh, IPA. So it can be overwhelming, right? It's like analysis paralysis. And then also, you know, what I've done is a lot of times I'll be sitting at a brewery and somebody walk in like, I'm going to get a growler from my husband. I don't know. What do I do? And I'll be Mm -hmm. like, well, what are you guys eating tonight? Or what does he like to eat? 
or um, what other kind of beers does he like? Can you give me like a name brand like Blue Moon? Okay, well, you're looking at a Hefe or Belgian Wit, right? So like mm-hmm. you can kind of narrow that focus. My brother-in-law loves sour candy. So like he loves Coors Light. And then I started bringing him sour beers and he's like, these are incredible. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> like we're getting them. We're getting them over to the dark side, you know? And it, it, it's little by little. And I think that's extra layer. So uh, the next thing that I'm going to be launching internally is the food and beer portion of it. So um, working directly with food trucks. Okay. We normally get this food truck. If you're passing someone, this uh, American Blonde Ale with local organic Valencia oranges, hey, suggest that entree from the food truck from there they're building out an entire experience they're like i always drink this beer but i never thought about ordering that and they sit there and they're like whoa now they get the beer and the food now has more flavor and you're like holy shit like it it can they can obviously bring out flavors in each other how how cool you know so that's that's an extra layer when you start learning food and beer pairings um that's an extra layer but yeah, what's the approachability factor? Is it approachable? And if it's not, it's intimidating. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, don't I, don't see, I don't see many brewery. I mean, again, I thought Pure was, was bigger than you're saying because, I, like I said, I, I see the beer. I know the brand. Um, and I've somehow had it. But I, I would say that most breweries, almost all sizes, aren't providing somebody like you, right? I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine all that many breweries are saying, Hey, we need this person to help us curate this experience. Um, that kudos to pure and kudos to yeah. you for, for really, you know, you kind of have a niche there, right? You've really differentiated yourself in a, in a world of that has a lot of brewery employees. I think you're doing a really neat, unique thing. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. It's, 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 it's an act of love and it should never be about just one person. Um, you create the experiences like yeah. hopefully you don't go to that one brewery and you're just like, I only go here when that person's working because right. they know their stuff. And you're just like, that's just ISO ball. Like you should be passing the ball. You should. Um, and if you're tuning in, when you're, when you're tuning into this podcast and you're thinking, Hey, I'm a beer tender. How can I do that? Um, know the strengths of your teammates. Let's say someone asks you a question, toss it to Lindsay and say, Hey, Lindsay, your, that's your favorite beer. Like, what do you think about that? And then Lindsay comes into the conversation yeah. and now it's a group setting. And it's, that's, that's you. I think about it in such a unique way, but yeah, ideally everyone knows their stuff and you could bounce off each other. You could raise the brand's awareness. You could create the, the, the perceived value on things and food and beer pairing, like you're mentioning, well, what they're having tonight, how cool is it? If you know the fundamentals of that. Yeah. And then you're just like, wait, that that pairs well with my Italian food that I'm having tonight. Right, you know right. what? I'll have two growlers. And right. instead of the red really wine experience. that we thought we were going to have, right? So yeah. this is neat though. So, and I also think, and I've heard is that sometimes the brewers and the beer tenders, you know, sometimes they don't speak or they don't get to interact as much as also, you know, the brewers are there in the morning say, and then they're gone by the time the brewery's open and they don't really get to mingle so encouraging that feedback of like, here's what the bartenders are hearing from the patrons. Do you have this? Hey, I like this. Hey, maybe this could be different. And then you can have that back and forth. And now it's, that's how you build the team, right? Because again, you have that back yep. of house who's there early in the morning and maybe gone by the time the beer tenders show up. And this is a way to kind of bring that cohesiveness um, within the whole building there. That's really unique. You, um, there's a very famous, uh, uh, phrase in, uh, the Czech Republic and it's, 
the brewers brew the beer, the beer tender or uh, bar manager creates the beer in such a sense of like the experience. Think of it as you're running a relay, here's the baton, right. you're in sync, and now your baton's forward. If you don't think of yourself as grabbing that baton, passing it to the next person, you're you're missing out on the whole team effort, you know? Absolutely. Um, brewers talk to front of the house, front of the house, talk to guests. Uh, if you're trying the beer and you're like, whoa, something's wrong with this keg, mm. or you're not caring and you're like, I didn't know. What's, what's that? Like you have your, there's a golden opportunity to make yeah. a better business. It's by empowering your beer tenders. How do you empower beer tenders? You bring in the people who make the beer because yeah. they know everything about it. Yeah. What was your intentions? Oh, we really just wanted a Goza, slightly tart, slightly salty German style wheat beer in the summertime. They're like, Oh, that makes sense. I could, I could talk about it that way. And they're like, it's kind of like, almost like an unsweetened lemonade. And you're like, Whoa. That is yeah. kind of cool. That's refreshing. That's yeah. what we try to do. So like, think That's about cool. the baton. Think about the baton. If you don't we'll even take that about- baton further, right? Cause now your beer tender is handing that baton to the patron. And if they're having a good banter, now that patron is handing that baton to people who've never been there. And then it's word of mouth, right? Which is, you know, by far the, the strongest uh, communicator. Boom. Bingo. That's passing the that's, baton, baby. Love pass it. the baton, pass the baton. And every business is different. We started it when I, when we were one of 13, um, I worked for stone, which brewers didn't talk too much. So we didn't really know what it was. Alesmith yeah. had it tried to, you have to be, it's kind of like a relationship. You have to put your effort in week in, week out, day in, day out. And you're like, okay, cool. I think we're good. Now we're talking, now we're communicating. Is there anything okay. that I'm forgetting? Oh yeah. Uh, all those bottles we've never opened them okay Mm. cool let's have an entire day where in the morning before we open you come in paid time we're going to open up all those bottles now you know how the beer tastes in the bottles that's not on draft which is really difficult you could they try this beer and then on draft and then you could tailor them to that barrel aged saison and they're like whoa i can't wait to open that bottle bingo you just did it you saw that's a puzzle that was the puzzle the whole time I always like when bottles or cans um, show you what glass to pour it in and what food to pair it with. I always think that's neat too. You know, you're like, just even when you're looking at the shelf, like, oh, this is what I'm, yeah, I'm going to eat this tonight and uh, maybe I'll buy that glass or maybe I have that glass at home and this will be perfect, right? So. Absolutely. Uh, I was in St. Louis and uh, uh, Four Hands, they have like uh, pairings, food pairings with it. And it's always like traditional St. Louis food, uh, like toasted ravioli and square pizza and you're just like, that's, that's cool. Cause that brings regionality to things. And it's familiar. There's, yeah. there's so much more that we can do. It's familiar. Yeah. It's familiar. I like that. Yeah. Well, Chris, congrats, because, um, I think you were recently selected to be a judge at the GABF in Mexico. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, got recently invited to judge the great American beer festival that's and, awesome. uh, which is rad. This is like the biggest accomplishment I've ever had. Uh, and high key, just I'm a kid inside at the festival when I was 21 years old. Now here it's, I don't know. It doesn't make sense yet. Um, but, uh, (laughs) we'll keep, we'll keep it moving. Um, and I'm just trying to be more active as a beer judge down in Mexico. Um, Tijuana has a sprawling beer scene right now. Uh, Ensenada, Mexicali and Hey, I'm able to to cross that border in terms of language. You can speak English and judge, um, but what a cool 
community, like border didn't matter. You come in and you help yeah. and you provide, you provide feedback, positive feedback, and they become better brewers. And this is, I don't know, it's, it's such yeah. a beautiful, it's, it's my way of giving back. And yeah, uh, JBF is going to be cool. Yeah. It's, that is cool. I don't know. What is it about judging that you like besides obviously you're giving back and giving feedback, but like what else is about it? What, what gets you so excited? It's, it's, it's the opportunity to, to get past the marketing, the labels. You're just focused on that beer at that moment. Liquid, and you're realizing, no labels, hey, like, right? what was the intentions? What were they trying to shoot for? If you're trying to fall in this style, watch your fermentation, watch packaging, mm-hmm. um, create more body, think about mash temperatures. There's different tweaks. And you're doing it with someone in front of you. Kyle, you and I have like the same like – type of personality where you're just like i just want to talk beer with someone like yeah. that's all i really want to do at a given point yeah. we get to sit down at a judging table and talk about the same beer and just like what did you think about it you know what i think i think they were on the right path these are my small adjustments i'm on the same page how cool okay cool what was your feedback same here awesome boom next and how beer. much how much of each beer are you drinking uh it's just two three ounces it's okay. a small little cup it's actually like uh, have you those airplane cups that sure. have no like beautiful <clears throat> yeah. curves to them it's just those okay um the, the the biggest beer competitions in the world judge out of the airplane cups the clear okay. plastic airplane yeah. cups and it's not much um at jbf which i haven't done yet i'll write a whole article about it but uh i believe you judge 50 beers in a day uh it's eight <laughs> hours ten hours judging i know it sounds like it's a work it's a lot you get a nap a or what? you'd be sleeping <laughs> just quick period <laughs> all right i'm in uh but yeah it's um the most i've judged in a day is probably like 24 24 okay. it was over a course of six hours um but yeah now are you rinsing in between like how are you cleansing your palate almost between beers just rinsing um water uh, master cicerone yeah just water yeah. uh yeah. master cicerone uh I think her name is Mariella. She's from uh, Canada. She says water crackers have always been the traditional for wine, but in the beer world, if you're eating something that what beer already has flavors of biscuity, right? Like, yeah. Biscuity. You're like, and then that's still stuck in your teeth and then you're drinking and you're like, mm, this one's pretty biscuity. So I just drink water. Um, and you have a big breakfast, big meal beforehand, drink water and just like, game face and if you've never evaluated beer it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of focus you're going through the rolodex of memories and it's a lot yeah and that's kind of what i want to tackle with is bjcp training uh hopefully early next year where hey remove all of the distractions it's just you and that beer okay cool medium high medium low taste of this balances this and you when you evaluate beer you become a it's a different experience. And I really hope brewers, beer tenders have the ability to remove all their bias and just sit there and talk about it. Evaluate it. What can I do better? Is there anything different from this batch to that batch? Consistency is important uh, as we keep growing in the industry. Can you drink a beer without judging it? (sighs) I try. (laughs) I try. I try really hard. Uh, uh, Peter Zion said when I started judging beer, he said, you're going to even try it. You're going to be swirling water and you'll notice I do that all the time. Like you'll, I'll swirl water and I'm just like, mm, okay. And they're like, did you just evaluate that water? I'm like, <laughs> I tried not to, I'm sorry. 
it's, it's, this is hard it, water. It's a little extra. It's <laughs> fun. Alpine? Oh, we fancy today. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, so, it's cool. Awesome. And, and about these beer judging events, are they accurate or, or, you know, what could be improved or what challenges kind of face beer judging events? I think the biggest challenge in beer judging events is that it even exists. We all know JBF, the Great American Beer Festival, happens in October. It's the biggest event in the United States. But are there local beer judging events or homebrew competitions that you don't even know about? Do you even know what BJCP is? I worked for Stone, and Stone is one of the biggest, best breweries, in my opinion. Uh, I've always been a big fan of theirs. But I had never heard the word BJCP, ever, until I went to Alesmith. Alesmith was started by homebrewers. And... That that shifted, and I would tell people, I'm like, hey, I'm a BJCP judge, and beer professionals of many years say, never heard of that. What is that? Like, how do you how do you sign up? So, I just really want that awareness of BJCP. Um, BJCP.org, I believe, is the website. There it says all of the upcoming homebrew competitions, hmm. and it says uh, an ability to message the person who's curating it or, or running it. How rad! So, message them and say, hey, I'm interested. Oh, have you taken your exam? It's an online exam. It's 20, 30 minutes. It's not that many questions. Fill that out. Now you're a BJCP judge. Then eventually you'll take your tasting exam. From there, you, you could be a, a, an official judge. I did a really nice article for San Diego Beer News about how to like become a judge. So you can check that out on the website. Mm-hmm. But it's it's available, but I think people don't know it exists. Yeah. And when you find out it exists, you find out this really tight-knit community that's been there with each other for years. I mean, yeah. you go in and you see some people and they're, they're like, I've been doing this since 1993, 1991. And you're like, all right, <laughs> I'm from 91. Okay. I'm from 91. Oh, yeah, I'm, I was born then. Uh, yeah. And it's so It's so tight knit. And it's kind of like the, to, to bring it full circle, those wrestling tournaments where like yeah. the moms bring in like sauerkraut, hot dogs, all of this. And like, and same thing, the wives and husbands, they'll come in with trays of like lasagna, lasagna, we've had lasagna once and it was kind of like too intense, but like, like salads <laughs> that they made and like right. biscuits and cookies. And you're just like, community. it's a, it's a community thing. And I think it's a really important one. And there is one near you. If you don't know about it, bjcp.org, you'll find the closest rep near you and get involved. That's a way Very of cool. contributing back. Your, your expertise. So I guess like we need to get involved, right? We need fresh faces in this, right? Yeah. Cause a lot of people don't know it exists. And if you don't know it exists, how are you going to be a part of it? I was on that Cicerone path and I never, never knew that it, it was a whole community. Huh. And it's, it's, it's a really great one too. I was like, they need to do a better job of advertising. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of in the, in the, in the rudimentary state. Like it's, it's a, it's a very archaic, if you will um they've recently gone through some updates on the website the old website was very outdated it wasn't you you couldn't i don't know it's frustrating like cicerone is sexy and beautiful and yeah they they talk a lot bjcp i don't even think they have an instagram i don't even think they have an instagram it doesn't really matter but yeah so it's still like it's still going through that transition phase of coming into the 21st century and you had in mind like something uh doing some sort of virtual bjcp course right Absolutely. So the concept is we have all these judges. Let me bring them to light on my platform um, so that people can be like, oh, hey, 
I just want to learn how to judge beer. Like what's a beer style Yeah. there with their help, with my help, you could get a beer kit shipped directly to your house. You could share with a friend. You both can be BJCP judges. Uh, I might do it in person. I don't know. I'm still planning all this out, but the idea is like, you'll try all these beer styles yeah. and you'll feel more comfortable. Like I never had a whip beer, right. a traditional whip beer. And you try these traditional styles, you try the, what the craft beer world is doing here in the United States. You're like, that's actually not off the mark. And you also should respect, um, artisanal, um, uh, allowance. Like you should allow the, the brewer to, to create their own texture and twist. Um, yep. pure project does a well, big that's why beer's fun. that. Right. And that's why beer is fun. It's like get outside the box, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, I see why you called it a whip beer. And I really appreciate that. And I like that, like the drier finish. And you're like, that was pretty cool. And no, 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 you just, it's sometimes we think we know. And the more you find out, the more you're like, this is a big room. This is a really <laughs> big room. There's actually, this is a mansion. This is the nicest mansion I've ever been in. So mm-hmm. keep learning, keep opening doors, keep, um, keep talking, keep networking with people. It's, it's, it's really, it's a really beautiful uh, community industry and we can make it better with education. hundred percent. So, you know, we're almost at the end of 2022, which is unbelievable. Um, but what are you looking <laughs> forward to, you know, in, in 2023 in life and in beer? Yeah. Um, uh, me and my fiance are going to start planning out our wedding. Uh, okay. we, <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we're like, do you want to be stressed out this year? And there's a lot of changes and we got a puppy and his name is Flanders Red, named that's our my favorite beer style. He's uh, a red mini golden doodle. But yeah, it's just one of those like, let's enjoy this year. Let's go to Maui. Let's go. Let's go to Yos- We're gonna go to Yosemite. Um, Pure Pure Project is actually gonna be part of the Yosemite facelift, so we're gonna be cleaning um, Yosemite Park National Park. Um, and I'm gonna be judging JBF uh, next year. Maybe I think this BJCP thing is on my mind. Uh, we'll start planning out the wedding and. I don't know, just trying to trying to hunker down, trying to trying to focus, try to get more people to do what I do. Um, I shouldn't yeah. be the outlier. It should be the commonality. You mentioned before, Kyle, where you're like, you know, this is a unique space. It shouldn't be a unique space. You should have people running off labor classes at a brewery. You should have people doing guided tastings. You should have beer dinners. It shouldn't be a unique space. And when it becomes not a unique space, then you have options and you hear it from different people. You hear their approach. I want to learn from others at all times. I know it's, I'm kind of a leader leader right now, but what if I'm learning from others? And that's, yeah. that's how I started. I, I learned from others. I picked up what people were saying, used it on my tours, yep. did my twist on it and the community and the industry grew. Love it. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're the smartest in the room, you got to get into a different room, you know? You, you want to learn yeah. or else, you know, you, you get stuck there. Awesome, man. Well, Chris, this has been terrific. I love your energy. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the content you're putting out there. Um, and, you know, thanks for continuing to educate the world. And dude, thanks for being on here. I, I, we got to do this again. This was a freaking blast, man. I think we should do it in person. Uh, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, yeah. so I'm kind of overdue yeah. for visiting my, my mom. Uh, you're, 40, you're 40 minutes from me when you're home. And, yeah, and that doesn't sound like we could actually meet up at a referend in Kutztown. They just moved from New Jersey. If you're into the barrel yeah. age showers, they're open. Uh, I think only on Thursdays, but 
I know there's there's some there's some cool ones. I've I've heard yeah. only great things from uh, the Westchester breweries. So, um, hey, listen, there's no shortage of beer, so we we can meet anywhere. We can do a tour. All right, we'll make it happen, Kyle. I'm down with it. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Chris. Awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Yep. Cheers, bud. Cheers. right that'll do it for today's episode appreciate you tuning in i hope you learned something i hope you really enjoyed it and if so tell a friend leave that five-star rating i mentioned earlier and comment on apple podcasts subscribe on any platform spread it around the world let's make it happen i appreciate y'all cheers and beer mighty things